My name is Paul, and I'm a comic book geek. My name is Hugh, and I'm an all-purpose geek. My name is Corbs, and I'm a sports geek. My name is Jack, I'm a history geek. This is GeekPod. And we are back from the in-store Comic-Con at Cloud City Comics and Toys in the Shopping Town Mall. Uh, sitting down with us now is Jeff Watkins. He is the owner of Cloud City and a good friend of the podcast. Hello, Hello. Jeff. Uh, the white <laughs> Hogan Kramer. Yes. Oh, I like that. You know, if we didn't already have in-store Comic-Con part one, two, and whatever is the name of this uh, episode, that would be great. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> we've recorded it, Andrew. And not for fast forward. Well, then you gotta fast forward and find it, and then you just write it down. There it is. Alright, so Jeff, what's going on today? A lot. Well, today's uh, in store Comic Con kickoff event. That's going on worldwide. We've got 400 stores at the moment uh, in its infancy, but we're one of them. Proud to be. Um, so, aside from some cool variants for. Uh, Arkham, Arkham Knight, Echo, Harley Quinn number one, and Power Man, Iron Fist number one, um, Marvel Boom off of Jonesy number one, written by Sam Humphrey, and um, there's a live broadcast going on all day long, all the publishers are taking their turns, kind of uh, rolling out what they've got coming up this year. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about your comic book day, that's going to be here quicker than we know. Yay! A little bit of controversy with it, I was in Portland for Comics Pro, um, awesome, awesome event. Can't wait to tell you guys about it. But uh, DC kind of got some flack for one of their offerings involving a line of kind of teenage youthful female superheroes. They were applauded, rightfully so, for offering something for each male and women readers. Um, as an industry, we have failed to recognize that the fastest growing set of readership in comics is women. And so it so that extent, amazing move, but uh, what happened is, us, us comic retailers, we buy those free comic day comics, and the day after our orders were placed, they announced that that's a toy line at Target, so it's like the comic store owners, shop owners, we paid to give out a free advertisement to send people to Target to buy toys, so as you can imagine, there's some dismay on, on the part of some retailers. Oh, I can imagine. Now, the, the Portland uh, Convention, what exactly is that? So Comics Pro is an organization uh, founded to kind of protect and identify us as an industry as comic shop owners. And there's only at any given time around, and I'll check my numbers, and it's like 3,500 comic stores in America. So this group gets together and uh, basically kind of, it, it gives us a voice in terms of presenting to the publisher, presenting to Diamond Distribution, because basically it gives us a bigger wheel in the industry. Because ultimately, 
when a comic book artist or writer writes a book, they get paid. And when a publisher publishes a book, they get paid. Diamond warehouses and distributes the comics, they get paid. The client that walks in the store and buys a comic, they get their comic, they pay for it. But if you're a comic store, every comic you see in every comic store, we bought it. And if we don't sell it, too bad. We still bought it. So we own, we're the only fast industry that basically maybe crazy, maybe sees fun. We're the only ones that are that take any risk. And it's whole from from created pencil and page to the time someone walks on the comic store that comes in their hand. The only risk that's taken financially is comic shop. So comics pro is an organization that basically talks to publishers, talks to everybody and says, you know, this is what's benefiting us, this is what isn't us. Comics Pro, uh, their event they put together every year. It's recent, um, so it's been going on for a few years, but uh, this year it was in Portland, which is one of my favorite cities in America. I love it. Um, and it's a four-day event, three-day event, sorry. It's a three-day event where we sit down with Marvel, with DC, with Boom, with anyone that wants to be there. We listen, we exchange ideas. Uh, the publishers roll out new ideas. For example, that's where DC announced Rebirth and outlined for the first time ever Rebirth was to a room of about 200 comic shop owners. And they uh, laid that out basically to let us know what was happening. And it was met with some agreement, some disagreement. Uh, but all in all, also as a comic shop owner, it is my job to be an ambassador. It's my job to not only get people excited, but let the retailers know what uh, we're, we're the liaison between the reader and the public. You're really the customer. Absolutely. And you know there were some moments, uh, for example, images, image comics out of publication, Eric Stevenson, the publisher of image, he got up there, he used his time. Like every publisher used their time differently. Um, Dark Horse was the first publisher out. Uh, and Faith Aaron Hicks, who's writing the upcoming Bucket of Empire Square series. Tearfully, I mean, with tears in your eyes, talking about what it meant to be a young girl in the comics in a small town, and the only comic store was far away, and she recalled what that meant for her. And ultimately, she kind of talked about how she loved being treated like an equal. She loved, she loved reading comics. She loved collecting them. Um, and when she decided to try to write comics, the first person she showed her that she script she wrote was the owner of her local comic store, who encouraged her, got her in touch with people. And without this comic store, she would not have been a writer, let alone writing um, some of the greatest properties of Dark Horse Comics. So literally, she goes, try not to cry. She goes, but this is what you mean as a comic shop owner. This is what you mean to us. And that just was a great tone, because you know sometimes it is tankless and sometimes it is tough. Uh, she was followed by Gail Simone, who is one of the most powerful uh, female voices in comics ever of all time. And, um, Chuck Polinick from Fight Club, who is about the nicest sweetheart, uh, just an awesome, awesome guy. Um, he choked me out, had a great little picture. Uh, <laughs> here. I saw that. Yeah, cool. you know, he just was like the coolest guy. You know, I, I was in the music industry about for my adult life, uh, and I never really cared working with like 50 Cent plus or whatever. But when you meet like a comic creator, that's where I get all like starstruck and tongue tied, and I just like turn into like a moron. And, but uh, Chuck Polinick, like, he's one of the defining authors of our generation. Chuck Palin actually is like, in a lot of ways, the voice of his generation. And so just, just to goof off with him and talk about like some shepherds and fight club and all the cool stuff that they've done, it was just awesome. Are you supposed to talk about that? Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if, if I, 
I've broken the rule for Fight Club uh, almost every day of my life. I mean, it's, you would, you know, talk, you, the Fight Club comment about Dark Horse is, is awesome. It's a, it's a little meta. Um, it's a bit of a departure from the, from what you remember from the league way. I mean, I absolutely fell in love with the jump, and um, the hardcover comes out uh, around the comic book game. So I just, just often hear it about the for a little while. Um, Colin Bunn, um, those guys were talking about um, Harold County, their book out for Dark Horse. After that presentation was uh, DC, and DC was Phantom Video, Jim Lee, executives, and they rolled out their plan, basically announcing that they're going to be doing twice monthly shipping on their core titles. Uh, that was met with some mixed reactions. Um, I actually prefer it. I can definitely sell Harley Quinn twice a month, more than I can sell Harley Quinn, Dr. Kate, not just on the pages of the books, but um, it was a key problem. Batman, um, a lot of creative teams, but Detective Comics, for example, and Action Comics have run with the original numbering. That's exciting, because both those books are in the high, high numbers, and they'll be the first books to hit number 1,000. Like, in our lifetime, we're going to see number 1,000 Action Comics and Detective Now, are they, are they going to count the issues since? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was wondering about it. Sure are. And um, all the DC Comics are ending with issue 52, and then launching again with Rebirth, the new creative team, Jim Lee is coming back on, and uh, Jim, Julie's a great guy. Um, he only did one drawing the entire weekend. It was a crypto super dog, which I got for our snowman Josh. His, uh, and I didn't really ask for it. Um, Jimmy was signing a few things, and we were chatting, and uh, we were going out. He was working on this new line, which is actually pretty fascinating. And um, he, uh, I had a print, and I just told him how much I appreciate my snowman and how much he like, absolutely kind of runs the shit, and how valuable he is, and what a good guy he is. He drew a crypto the only drawing he did all weekend was a gift to Josh. And, um, you know, the, the DC uh, also announced uh, a book coming out called On Vertigo. It's a Batman book, but it's coming out on Vertigo, which is a picture of reading line. Um, and the book is written by Bruce Tim. You might know Bruce Tim as the pioneer innovator of the 1990s Batman animated series. Yeah. Unbeknownst to many, including myself, uh, at the height of Batman animated series, about the pinnacle of his career, he was violently mocked and assaulted by two guys who broke his orbital saga. They smashed his face so bad he required a bunch of surgeries. But he was trying, I mean, here, here he is, his whole life's work paying off, and this happens. So how do you move forward with someone, like how do you swim when someone throws weights at you? Someone you've never met, some injustice, and here you are, you're pioneering Batman again, and you are the face of violent crime, and you don't even want people to know. So he's kind of continuing the story in a book coming out Vertigo. I think it was out in like May, but they gave us some advanced reader copies and I read it on the plane. Job book. Absolutely marvelous book. I uh, cannot wait to share that with a client base here. One of the best things I've ever read. Uh, absolutely. The art is by Eduardo Rizzo, who is the artist of the book for Bullets in Vertigo. Perfect. I would not, I mean, I love mustard, I love chocolate cake, I love them together. So I think Bruce Tim and one of the artists of uh, the most wonderful violent uh, Vertigo stories all time. I didn't think the two would mesh, but what a gem. I mean, they really hit out the park of that book, and every Batman character is present. So it's not biographical in the sense that this happened to me. It's like, it's what happens when tragedy forces our comical world and our real world in life. Not that Just a stupid question, but um, is, how's he feeling today? Like, is he better? Like, what do you know? Is that as far as I don't know, um, 
and as far as I know, yeah, Bruce Tim's gone on to have a pretty wild, successful career creating Harley Quinn. Creating, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, he's, he's done really well for himself. I mean, but even like, he, he's that guy, and not only are we, sorry guys, I gotta grab this phone call, man. Just, That's okay. No, no. <laughs> no, we can, uh, we can take a break and, uh, Kind of fill the air. So, uh, man, that's an interesting. That, uh, I did not know the story about Bruce Tim. Yeah, I didn't either. Well, I'm sure you, you probably have lots of stories about Bruce Tim. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. No, you, you, I don't know if I shared this with you, but uh, Andrew just told me many good stories. Uh, very, very, very interesting stories. Yeah, really. Like yeah. going to the circus and suddenly getting guts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it sounded like. So sorry, man. It's such oh, a not a problem. problem. Okay. Man, I'm the only one working at the store, so... Yeah, blame it on me. <laughs> not at all. Sorry about that, man. Um, I won't call the store. Whole out. <laughs> but there's that guy, and we all... There's that, there's that person that we're all friends with, and we are that person sometimes where... You can make the best funniest joke in the room and everyone's laughing, but inside, like you're inside yourself. And a lot of people make jokes and create entertainment because they're hurting. And uh, that all that all to me I think is kind of messing with this book. Like, here this guy is, like creating tiny teen adventures, creating Batman animated series, meanwhile his face is being built and nobody knows. Now uh, has that colored his uh, artwork or you know, being the assault, has it changed, you know, how you, uh, you, know, yeah, how you, how you, you know, I guess that part, you know, I don't want to speak for Bruce Tim or Bruce Tim, as I don't remember that in my life, but I think, you know, <laughs> like when I'm, when I'm talking about Jay-Z, or, you know, Jay-Z, as I call him, I've never met him, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to speak for Bruce Tim, but um, in the book, uh, I, I guess it's just something else you really kind of like, draw of what you will, and I'm sure we'll be doing interviews about it, and I'm, you may have done it so far. I was on a very turbulent plane ride home after this book, and that was a rough flight, the kind of, <laughs> the kind of flight where the seatbelts do and I'm a good flyer, you can tie me to the wheel. Tie me to the wing, I'm fine, but like, that was a flight where the seatbelt held you in from snapping the ceiling, and people were, oh, yeah. women are crying, and the lady next to me is going, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, listen, if you do this, the kids are going to do this, yeah, and it's going to go downhill. Like, I actually texted my wife, I was like, I love you very much. That's like, <laughs> better or worse than Final Destination? I mean, anything better than Final Destination. <laughs> That's not... It, but it was just, it was just that, you know, and all in all, it took my flight. I mean, I'm coming home from Comics Pro in Portland. <laughs> it, like, ultimately was uh, was not that... Not that bad of a... <laughs> if, if turbulence was the price I paid for this trip, it was well worth it. Um, huge, huge kind of Comics event. Can't wait to see what the city gets in next year. Um, DC's presentation was, I, I felt fantastic. I'm looking forward to the stuff that they're doing. At first, uh, I think the tone was progressive, but as comic retailers, and you look at the last five years, uh, you look at the fact that New 52 launched, and we didn't order enough uh, as retailers. We didn't know what to do. It was kind of, well, how do you start over? What do you order for your client base? So Batman number one becomes a $100 book, and we don't have enough of that. So then Marvel relaunches a couple years later, and it's the exact opposite. They had us do these incentives of variants, and we ordered too much books, and again, we're stuck with multiple copies of books that we irresponsibly kind of pursued variants with. 
so then also give the news DC readers relaunching again, and it's like round three in five years. So there, there was kind of a question thrown from the side of retailers because it's more work, it's taxing. When we relaunch a book, every single subscriber we have, we have to basically find out what they want and what they're, uh, what's changing. If you love a book because it's got a creative team, are you going to stick on the book? If uh, you love a creative team and they're taking over a different book, are you, uh, how's that work? I don't know. You know so there's a bunch of work that goes into it. Yeah, there's a bunch of work that goes into it so I can see the quotation. That being said, I didn't share it. I didn't share that tone. I, I think, uh, you know, at the end of the video, and Jimmy will end up offering support when it's four hours and talk to you. That's pretty awesome. And some of the things that they're doing moving forward is amazing. And like we talked about on the show before, it's a good time to love this stuff. Like, six times this year, we're going to be in movies watching Suicide Squad, watching Deadpool. Uh, watching Doctor Strange, watching Batman fight Superman for the first time on, on film, ever, ever. So there's a lot to be excited for, but for the industry changing. As when we were kids, it was Marvel and DC. Now it's Disney and Warner Brothers. And these guys are answering people in a, in a stock room. They're answering shareholders every quarter. And in comics, we're not on the front line anymore. We're kind of like the test market for the film audience. So we'll, we'll have to see how things shake out. But uh, that was conveyed. Um, they also brought, DC also brought some amazing prototypes of the toy, like the Batwing that's coming out. That's the size of like, uh, like if you hold it in front of you, it's from a waist. You had a giant Batwing. It looks incredible. The Suicide Squad statues were there, painted. Uh, obviously, Harley's a jump line. He's a jump line. Joker's great. Killer Croc is awesome. Um, a lot of great stuff coming out from them. Uh, we also got presentations from Marvel. Valiant, uh, absolute solo show. I I have become a convert to Valiant. Um, excellent, excellent group. They had a suite with an open bar uh, all night long. And, uh, That's how you win people. Yeah. Well, and they, they won me over with the books, but they won me over as like they unbicked it. Like they all, everyone on that in that organization was involved with retail. So they. They get it, and from that extent, I just figured it out. Portland's still with our all the and there is so much cool stuff going on. Um, I got to meet with some great artists and writers. Uh, Oni Press, for example, is putting out some great stuff. They're putting out a book soon called Heartbreaker, and um, it's, uh, I'm sorry, Heartthrob. They're putting a book called Heartthrob. It's a book about a woman who medically receives a heart transplant. Uh, she meets a man shortly thereafter, and she Clearly has a romantic interest in that in each other, but he's very weird. He disappears at weird times. Uh, we find out that it is the ghost of the man whose heart is in her chest, and he was a serial killer. And, um, wow! Great premise, right? Yeah. So heart drops coming out from Oni. I can't wait for that. Um, just some great stuff moving forward, and not just in comics, but in action figures and toy lines. So it's a great, great time to this stuff. So I left feeling empowered. I left being excited. And uh, I left looking forward to like Comic Day and all our all our film stuff. Um, believe it or not, our cinematic release that we've been doing with Star Wars and Deadpool uh, turned out a great idea. People that have been doing this for 25, 30 years actually thought it was a great, great idea. So we'll see that go in other cities. Cloud City is hosting a premiere night for Batman vs. Superman. One thing we're doing differently is laminates. Uh, one side has the Dark Knight, one has the Man of Steel, and you have to be your side before you enter the theater. We're doing that also for Civil War, Iron Man, the Captain, and the Crow side. Iron Man! 
Wait, you're Team Iron Man? Team Iron Man. Oh, no, I'm going back to Bad Under Skin and Nickelback. No, that's awesome, though. Like, Bad Under Skin, I'm glad you do that again with all these games. Wait, you know, we've been having a great time with screenings as well. So it's just been awesome. So, to say that 2016 might be the best year uh, of the Cloud City and just comics in general, I, I think. It's early, but I, I think we had this conversation again uh, in December. Yeah. Now, can I ask you, are all retailers invited to Portland, or is it a specific group invited to Portland? It's, um, I don't, it's tough to say. Comics Pro members are, are welcome. After that, non-members are welcome. Um, but it's also, I mean, it's a pricey trip. Uh, there's an admission fee, but also reflect your hotel, your lodging. Lucky for me, uh, one of the best times I've ever had in my life lives in Portland. And uh, because uh, a flight of mine was messed up on my honeymoon, I had a flight voucher, so I got off pretty light on um, this. <laughs> yeah. I got off really light on this trip. But uh, it's the, the stuff they give you, though. Um, DC gave me a 1 in 500 Dark Knight number 1 variant, and Jimmy signed it. Um, Studios gave out a number of Power Rangers number zero variant that was sold online for five hundred dollars at the end of the day. Marvel gave a Deadpool and uh, the Mercs uh, number one and a Mountain Rouse Spider-Man number one, each doing a hundred and twenty dollars piece. Image gave uh, a Nowhere Men um, autograph number one, signed by the publisher Stevenson. So, you know, it, it luckily that kind of offsets things. But one of the big things, and I can't underscore this, was making contact and meeting people that have been doing this in different parts of the country that have been for longer or shorter than I have and basically networking and making friends and exchanging ideas and seeing what works for them. And there's all kinds of surprises. At one point, Kevin Eastman, the creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, came in and he had a blank comic uh, and he drew like a Leonardo and he said, I own Kevin Leonardo. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, it, 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 there's, there's a lot of old bars. And uh, <laughs> all of them are so right? Portland has a uh, legal recreational marijuana, so it's a, uh, it is. And, and arcades that are open all night long, so. That's a bad combination. Or a good combination. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. I hope not. No, no, no. I may or may not answer. Oh, no. That was a question. Do you encounter stories like, do you collaborate ideas? Or do you have a lot of fun that way? So, originally, I mean, I don't worry about competition for the story of Seattle or Boston or Portland. In fact, I took it upon myself to visit all the schools in Portland and take pictures of what I thought they were doing right and change and shake hands and, and make friends ultimately. Now locally that's different. I'm mean, competing against some people and there's you know one store locally who had defrauded me and you know had stolen from me. So I don't obviously want them getting hold of any information. I don't want to make them any stronger than their theory has already made them strong. So uh, you know it's tricky but when you're out there you, you get to talk to someone and, and find out what's working and, and see things that they're doing right. And that's a great And you know, my message to a lot of the, the publishers, I would, I would sit down with the publishers and they'd say, what can we do to make your life easier? What can we do to, to make your job as a retailer easier? And I'd say, you want to make more comics. I would like to sell more comics. In order to do that, I've got to get my red space, my partnership, I have to be excited. Like, well, we email you PDF. And I'm like, well, how do you do I don't open them. I don't even bother to Digital comments, all you're doing PDFs are making sure they're tired of it. That's it. That's all. Put something in my hand. Put it in the analog. Stan Lee said it best. 
comments are like, you know, great on the internet. I love that. You know, it's legit, it's the truth. Uh, I'm sorry ladies you were offended by that, that's just plain standard. Um, but the, the ultimate truth is that women who want business, and other than records and vinyl, like, what business can say that they're going backwards in technology because they want to be met by their client base there. So after I had that conversation, I helped me, said, here's some sign posters, here's some prints, here's some, uh, here's some comics that value more than, than any of them. So I've been spending the last couple of weeks giving stuff out. Every time one of my readers came in, I said, here is a copy of Faith Number One. Sure, you know, 10 bucks on eBay, but I want you to have it free because I want Oh, well, awesome. <laughs> I want you to read it. I want you to give a shot because it's like, And giving me the ability to put the in someone's hand and say, this is exciting, gets us all excited. More so than something on Facebook. More so than something with email and other. And, uh, I know that the industry is trying to meld um, technology and digital technology what's going on, but for the old schools, especially in a town like in New York, and not just New York, but Buffalo, but Pittsburgh, the, the cities have lost their, uh, lost, I don't want to say lost their identity, because our identity as like a champion is still intact, but in terms of production and all those jobs from overseas, like, we have to take a hit. So we don't want you to stick that. And ultimately, I've never understood that either. It's like, oh, I regard the comics digitally. I'm like, oh, yeah, really? Buy, buy digital comics. How's that working out for us? It's like, oh, good. I don't have to swarm or camera. Oh, cool. So if you want to sell your comic collection someday, if you have to, God forbid something happens, you have to sell your comic collection, how much can you sell your digital comic collection for on your iPad? Crap answer, zero dollars. Zero cents. Have a nice day. Get better at your reality. Try again. Now, your comic collection, Dr. Ben, something or something that doesn't work out for you, you have to sell your actual physical comic collection, you can go to any comic store in America and have to get make an offer on it, or you can sell it even on Craigslist, Green Bay, or what, and, and recoup on your investment. So that's why I think it's, it's vital and it's valuable to give a tangible, physical something value. And uh, we've been saving some of the prints for contests, you know, I've got some some uh, some great prints from Dark Horse that were all autographed by Faith Team. You know, we gave some away this morning and we gave some more for Free Comic Day. I'm keeping the Chuck Collins one for me. It's made out to me. So that one says two Jeff, so it's saying, saying in house walking. But uh, it's it was a great event. I left feeling amazing about it. And uh, I getting able to like rehaul our store and move things around into a way better formation. It's exciting. Uh, I've had a few really good comic collections.
even my wife, who up until he called me for the Reddit before, she works in this store and loved it and asked questions. And we were sitting down recently and she started talking about Spider-Man. I was like, are you? Where's my wife? This is crazy. But uh, it just goes to show you how accessible it is and, and how some of that hard work came out. For sure. That's great. Awesome. Um, when you were at the convention, uh, like, um, what was the closest one to San Francisco? Who was like, the closest convention? Uh, we were the only New York store right there. I think there was someone for Buffalo, and I think there was like, maybe Middletown, now it's like three hours away. But no other, no other store region over there had made that track. Good for you. Thanks. And also, Wizard World of Portland was happening back. So that was real fun. So, like, you know, you think after like three days in a conference in a hotel, they want you don't want to go to Comic Con. But you know, dropped out for the last day was World of Portland. It was a great show. Um, Wizard World's Philly's announcements are bomb. If you guys have seen the guest list, um, Josh and I do Wizard World Philadelphia. That guest list is ridiculous. Not only is Bob Gale the writer of Back to the Future, but he's joined by Leah Thompson from Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> who is Dr. Robert Brown, yes. and Michael J. Fox. So, all, so those four are all there for a Back to the Future reunion. And pretty much the entire cast of the event has now signed on to this thing. We're talking Frank Rose, we're talking about Chris Evans, who's in America. Uh, we got, yeah, Chris Evans. Thor, we have, I can't remember them all. Oh, definitely. Winter Soldier, uh, Agent Carter, um, Howard Stark. So it's pretty much uh, like in the, if you're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially the Avengers, that's that's be quite common. So we're looking forward to that as well. We always do. We always, always, always. I will carry the bag whatever you need. It's a tough show, and let me tell you. Uh, Five days in a car in a hotel room, and then we visit our cloud city that's open down in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, we have Josh looking You know, it, it's and that's it's, it takes a special breed. Like, like Josh and I literally have to be in approximately the size of an elevator for a week, and uh, somehow manage to make make do. Um, luckily, we pick hotels with great bars. And, <laughs> I know my brother and I went on a road trip together, and like after five hours, like, we need a beer, and I'm just getting out of the car, it's such a nice. The drive itself, uh, Philly's a great city. I oh, yeah. love Philly, um, and the convention's always great. We got on a concrete floor for 10, 12 hours. Last year, we had a great time. Uh, the guys from Comic Book Men um, came to our booth, and we, our booth isn't just like a sales outlet. Our booth is, we create an atmosphere there. We kind of make it like a club and hang out, and because of that, we have kind of fun and thoughtful. We're definitely looking for the this year. We're doing a lot of conventions. We're up and down the coast. We're East Coast Comic Con, New Jersey coming up. Um, right in Central New York, we have the event on the 13th of March. We'll be there as well. So we're, we're up and down the coast. Uh, for the next that's cool how you keep promoting yourself and you do all these things. It's cool. It's, you know, I've always kind of felt like if you're if you're artist, and if you're who you are, the promotion is kind of happening. You know, we, you know, I don't even have business cards, and that's such a dumb thing to say, but like, I don't have them. Because ultimately, if you're asking for my card, I get to spend a lot of money on the card. That hour alone. Um, but if I made a good impression on you, and our conversation was good, you're, you'll you're, you're we'll be in touch. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, I alone, I know, being a woman in the comic book store, so not very welcome to a lot of them. Really? They give the look. 
I don't have nearly as impressive stories. No, no, no. No, that's great. That's fantastic. We were having a conversation before you came on, and I have my own personal reasons. But I'm one of those people that I personally do collect most of these videos. I have reasons, but we can talk about that. But my kids, and you may remember this, free comic book day, I bought one. I generally, I always put physical ones in my kids' hands because they haven't gone through the loss of multiple collections that I'm So that I have a reason for doing it. Like I said, I've lost my collection many times. Uh, I want them to experience it. When I came in here, uh, just a couple months ago, with my family, and you remember my four-year-old? She walks up, she found a Donald Duck comic. man wouldn't even let me pay for it. You know, and if that's something she now says, Hey, um, you know, when we come to this mall, are we going to the comic store? She remembers that. It's ingrained in her head. She loves to pick up that comic. When uh, we came for the Deadpool screen, right? Um, and I don't know how this happened. We all got a comic. I didn't get one of the I didn't have a problem with having it. But she came out of the living room the next day. I got home at 12, 31 o'clock. Left it on the table. She gets up the next day. Takes in the living room and starts look, looking at it. She's four, but it's Deadpool. She knew the character though, because when I get up, she goes, Daddy, look, I found a Deadpool comic. Yeah, blown away, but trying to uh, instill that, because this place is here, I can still give them that, that tact, tactile part of the comic. And, and that's, that's, that has to do with this place being here, and Jack being cool enough to, to do something, because that made a big impression on her.
great, great concert. And I was like, I just, I worked so hard in service. I'm gonna go to this comic store. And I'm gonna buy some statues. I'm gonna spend some money today. I have earned it. I deserve it. I'm going. So I walked in the store with a big side bag full of cash. And uh, he's like, we're closing in like 15 minutes. And I was like, cool. I just want to step out. And I'm like, he goes, what do you do? Can you help with something? And I'm stockpiling across the statues. And he's like, do you help with that? I was like, he's like, let me do it. Let me do it. And I'm like, he doesn't know that I can do the things I want to buy. He just sees something moving on. And then I'm going to the comments. He goes, dude, we're closing. We're closed. I was like, we're closed? And he goes, yeah, man, we're closed. So I was like, dude, you're closed. No more, no more sales? Just no more sales. Like, okay. Out I walked. Out I walked, and uh, I wrote a letter. Not an email, I wrote a letter. And I said, this is what happened in your store. I don't know if you're the owner, I don't know if you're the manager, I don't know if you're a part But you chased $10,000 out of your store. Literally chased it out of your store. So, <laughs> so, the way, so the way I learned to be uh, a good store fund for season one is by watching. Yeah, you're absolutely right. My dad worked at a car dealership growing up, and um, at that car dealership, this farmer comes in and rags and yeah. the on his hand. Oh, yeah. And his face, and nobody's holding your hands now, so sure. But, and he was staying away from my dad, goes up and he started getting help from But I had one, really one. He's like, what do you mean? Cash. You bought both cars. You don't judge people. No. You have to treat everybody, not just with dignity, but like they've got much money. Well, it's not. If, if you can't protect the rule of kindness and quality, if you can't do that, then do it because you might be chasing it <laughs> But one way or the other, treat people good. That's yeah. I think it's tough to, for a lot of industries, not just comic stores, it's all, all industries struggle a lot. People who don't quite give the experience that they really should be. I remember, do you, do you remember Twilight Booking Game Emporium? Oh, of course. Okay. Now, I don't know what your guys' experience was at. Uh, when I was a kid, I went there once. Didn't go back because, like you said, I was treated like a kid. Um, you ever heard of Ravenswood Comics? Oh, in Utica. Yeah. I don't know if they're still there. That, okay, that became my comic store because they did import the Whovian Times, which was a newspaper-style Doctor Who newsletter for me. Uh, and all the Doctor Who stuff I wanted when I was a kid because, you know, I, it was tough to get but I would save my money. I couldn't even talk to somebody at Twilight about the thing. I, I, I don't know those people outside of that. I don't even remember you know, who they were. But it was just odd that I had to go to Utica for everything because I felt comfortable. Yep. You know, I think people do. They have a bond and shame. I never... To hear something like that would keep me up. To hear somebody say to me, I had bad experience. Like those are things that like I can't see.
Um, but it was also the only place that I could go that was a bit tiring. You know, it's like a half-hour bus. And, you know, Luckily, my mom had to go to St. Luke's out in Utica a lot. So how did you feel about, because my memory of that was a very wonderful trip. What was it like there? Uh, well, I mean, it was, they had a lot of different stuff here, of course. It's a kind of book, so I should, you know, But of course, you know, there's possibly had to be a I didn't talk much to the staff, because I kind of lost it. I was kind of like, you know, I'll walk in there, I'll look through here, I'll look over there. Uh, and pretty much every time I walked in, it was like, there's something there, you know. And, uh, so I didn't really talk to him, but I got looked down because I was some, you know, dirty kid. I moved down to the Coming to the store. Yeah, you were, you were. You gonna buy anything? No, I'm just here. I'm not coming to the store. Well, I, I... I had that thing, I mean, I used to give them an application and I would draw like a resume with no job experience because I was like 14 and I would like draw like Spawn and Savage Dragon on it, like, here's my, here's my application, like, with colored pencils this time, and, uh, and of course, I, I'm a 14-year-old football drawing Spawn, of course they wouldn't make a job, why would they, I wouldn't give myself a job at that point, but I mean, I, I remember going there and Alex Ross and Mark Wade were there, uh, they were both there, um, uh, uh, signing books, I remember Glenn Danzig was there, uh, signing, so I mean, I, I went there, and I, if I could get a ride from the drone, I would go there constantly. One of the stores in my youth that I really loved was Orange Candy. Uh, that, that was, that was everything. Um, they had, like, every wall was covered with full on games. So, like, one wall was all the Batman characters, one wall was all the Marvel characters, one was all the DC, one was all the Image, and then the company for the height of 90s. That was a great store. Um, and you know, I hope the industry learned a lot from the last night because there was that big bubble. And it's, it's Eric Stevenson really, um, really nailed it. He said that the industry, he, his whole presentation to Comic Pro was in the 50s, the DC Comics, the Ben Baltimore, killed it so much. The other companies conspired to just let it go. Then Jack Kirby in the 70s like, left Marvel and DC. And then he went to the 90s and our own greed, time and time again, has cut this industry off. Our own greed. In the 90s, we had like shitty, awful comics in three dollars. This is 20 years ago. Three dollars and nine cent covers that we are now can't give them away. We printed so many of them, and our greed stopped us. Let's not be those guys. Let's not be that industry anymore. And I like, I like what they're saying, and I like the point that like quality storytelling is the only thing to ever get. Sorry, 
creating like a little inside of the book that kills them all the time. There's two good stories there, if I remember correctly. One of them had a lot of amazing Star Wars stuff. Yes, yeah. It was great to go there on like a Sunday after church and go to like a new, um, like, um, we were going to get like breakfast place and my dad was like, let's go to the I guess the true answer is that the way of happening the way it's supposed to, and 
I don't know that they're in Cloud City if I have to come in, right? So I don't know if they're in Cloud City if I
sell uh, these diversity. All the people want diversity. Are they willing to put their money where their mouth is? No, because outside of ranting on Facebook, that's all they do. And they don't want those comments. They want five. They want those comments. They want four. This is a DC talk. This is any opinion ever expressed by anyone. As far as I'm concerned, that's what happened. And after DC, you came out. Yeah. Um, as maybe I'll, I'll obviously put it this way, 
I don't feel like I even understand what Google is. And let me let me frame this. Because originally people were saying, oh, it's another read, but it's not a reading. But what I've heard a lot is we're going back to our strengths and what made our comics great. Yeah. I feel like I don't understand what that means, or or if it's is it really as esoteric as it seems? Is it a concept and they have not revealed anymore? Because those heroes are still there. I may not be as happy with Superman now as I was ten issues ago or a year ago. I don't understand how that actually changes the direction of anything. The statements I've seen. Characters have to evolve. Otherwise, we're looking at the same. If characters never evolve, in 2016, Batman had a triple glove. So, characters have to grow. They have to represent our time. And it's always happened. Neil Adams was like doing a story about racism with Green Lantern in the 70s when no one else was touching it. Um, Norman, our Harry Osborn and Norman Osborn were involved in a drug story in Amazing Spider-Man that did not have the comics code. Same with Speedy and Samira. This is the second one. Um, in the early 90s when nobody was doing it, North Star came out like came out as a gay male. And this is only a few years removed from Ryan White AIDS America. You know, so we are we are in a time now where you know, whether it's Legends of Tomorrow or whether it's uh, whether it's Gossip of Flash or Arrows, we're in a time where people are trying to be new things that are going to be representative of the world. They have to develop the market. It has to make sense. If you're trying to keep it, you watch Legends of Tomorrow, you know, it's not like a Firestorm character, but there's no Firestorm comic. We're not doing ourselves a favor as a comic book industry. People are going to be. Audiences are going to be exposed to comics to a way that they're not We want to come to our store. We just want to give them something awesome. And I think Rebirth is a way to be sensible with that. Um, Marvel did the same thing. They launched early in the year, and a lot of their books were based on a reflection of their cinematic universe. But at the same time, just because somebody saw Guardians of the Galaxy and those people who subscribed to a bunch of group books translate that way. Not giving you some benefit of the doubt when they earned it. They earned it with the efficiency. The Court of Owls stuff with, with Batman is some of the best Batman ever. And I think it's going to stand for Like there are errors of Batman and there are creative teams on Batman that, like, no matter what, like, like Jim Aparo is an iconic Batman. Jerry Robinson, like, Batman forever. Like, as long as there is a character. Like, there's so, Neil Adams Batman is always, always, like, oh, I didn't continue the infection of Batgirl. There are Bob Kane, Bill Finger, like, their creators are all going to be there. And I think, very passionately, that what Snyder and Kulo have done in the last five years with Batman yeah. and Two is always going to be, like, part of that. Always. I know. So this is kind of, then, they're just realigning because it has been very vague in a lot of the statements that have been made about it. So so it's kind of not just realigning with the movie universes, but it sounds like they're trying to bring everything up to the current time, but also get back to the core values. Yeah. Like, there's, been, there's a freedom in it, too. Um, you know, when, you, when you're like, hey, I'm, it counts, but it's not going to... We're not going to be better on, for example, uh, when, when Paul Jordan went nuts in the 90s and Thunder Rings and killed the Green Man Court and Kyle great story. But then DC kind of became chained to the concept of Kyle Rayner and Green Man for the next 
Um, it would have been a great one and done story, but then it turned into 12, 13 years of Halloween. And they're like, yeah, we want Hell Jordan back. And Kevin Smith reintroduced um, Hell Jordan and, uh, and, and Austin. He brought back Minero and, uh, and, and Jeff Johns came in. And these characters are going to come back. So I'd like that it counts. It's a decent count, but they're not going to change that story forever. Basically, saying that he could use the punch of a great story, but you don't have to be stuck to it. Great, great. I love it. But they're putting out great stories that could be used in the store. Sign me up. Hey, Jordan, you So that's, that's what this is about. Well, I, I'm just like, well, hell, don't 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 Sure. Uh, well, he's been in the darkness for years. Batman's bathed in darkness. He's born from darkness. He's a man. Batman's always going to be dark. So the dark Batman story could be in total for 75 years. Like, and that, that's how you, that's how you got to get to But that's the beauty of these characters. Is the people, and for a long time, people explore their flaws. Like Superman. Superman's always been kind of supportive as a boy scout. And, you know, in the wrong position. He's the good guy. You know, he's the good guy. The tree guy. But let's let's be honest about what Superman is. He's invulnerable. You can shoot him, and you're not gonna hurt him. You can throw a train at him, you're not gonna hurt him. But if you hurt somebody you love, you're gonna break his heart. There we go. Soft heart. And that's 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 impeccable. And and he's well, maybe maybe not. He's not complete. But he, he's got to find a way to deal with it. And he's, he's never heard of it. Imagine staying on your friend's couch your entire life. Because your friend's tall. And you're never going to get up. You're always on the couch. Like, he's never home. Even in his apartment, he's not home. He can't talk to his family. They're not there. He can't talk to the doctor's parents. He loves very much. It's not a knock on, on the, the contribution of Mon Pacquiao. But always And no matter how much he loves America, no matter how much he wears the color, no matter how much, no matter how many people he saves, no matter how many lives are rescued by Superman, he's an alien, and he loves him, and Donald Trump's the world, calling him that. There's always, always, and that's, like, so, for someone so strong, he's so fragile. And that's, that's, that's like, when Alan Moore did, uh, but, but look, look at look at Al Jordan. Like look at Al Jordan's person. Like Al is a test pilot. What he's doing after his job is to figure out how to use a plane that is careening towards the Earth with a certain depth. Think of the total mentality it takes to take a plane up into the sky, knowing that you're not going to land. But if you do land, good job work. You know, and then you're told. You now, Emmanuel, in reality, your only limit is your creativity. It's like funny that same creativity saved my life my life. And uh, now I'm, uh, now I'm, now I'm sick of the world with it. I've got to be subjected to all the, the evil and all the shit, all the terrible people. You know, how do you become like a global cop and your power is limited only by your imagination? And Aquaman is literally a rock. He literally 
me or no oxygen jokes, but he is responsible for 75% of the rest of the Up here, I mean, it's, it, can you imagine what it's like when you're like in New York City and you're in a taxi and you're talking to some like foreign taxi driver and you realize, you know, that he's been driving for 18 straight hours, basically invisible to everyone around him. You find out that in his home country he was like the leading heart surgeon who saved countless lives, but here he's a taxi driver. That's what Aquaman is. Aquaman is underneath the surface of the ocean. He's the custodian of three fourths of the world. But up here, he's he's he's, he's Aquaman. You know, he's gonna go talk to fish guy. You know, so you've got to try it so powerful you can pierce Superman's Kryptonian skin with it. But up here, you're just kind of like uh, you're one of the Justice guys. So, so Aquaman's that guy. You know, imagine being cyborg. Here's the fascinating cyborg story. So, you've got this crazy armor, mechanized, weapon-filled body that can do any number of things. But if you get pulled over, you're not safe. And that's so <laughs> Look at Flash, that guy he's so quick, he can make a joke. He can dismantle you with his words. Like, we got that friend who can bomb on you and tear your shreds. Like, you'll be at a party and you, you're like, you make fun of people and everyone's laughing and you're like, oh god, we're gonna make eye contact. You can break me down. Like, nothing seems to bother him, nothing seems to get to him. He's funny, he's a comedian, he's a class clown. But in this instance, he can literally run coast to coast in the time it takes you to have a sandwich. And. <laughs> Everyone he loves is taken from him, because no matter how fast he is, he's still not fast enough. He's still not enough. He's trying to solve a crime that was unjust. So you're the, you're the class clown, like we talked about earlier, like the people that make the most jokes, they're the ones that hurt the most. And those are the people that make the funny flashbacks, they're the ones that like have like dreams that you're not seeing. So DC has a wealth. I'm talking a wealth of characters that have stood decades in terms of the test of time. What are you gonna do? Like knock me out, like kill me. You did it before. You did it recently. You did it with with Court of Owls. Like how many times can we tell Batman's story? How many times we've heard Batman's story? It's like Beatles lyrics. You're from the womb born with the knowledge of what happened to Bruce Wayne, what did Zorro and Scott Cap. We get it. But then in comes Scott Snyder he's like, you know what? There's some conspiracy there. There's always been more what we were told. And it's a conspiracy and it's secret and it's scary. And that's fascinating. Because in today's political climate, you got the tinfoil hats. You know, you got the birth of the church. And some of them are so comical. But don't you don't you fear that there's more going on? Don't you fear that we have this rudderless society that can fall victim to the people that are so much more powerful than us that we you know they're really not
Hmm. And you have done your job because I, I am more excited about it now. Absolutely. And DC is one of several universes. Valiant Universe is really the creative teams that Valiant has been able to lock down. We're talking about Clayton Crane, who is one of the most underappreciated artists in the history of recent comics. And he's an art on his book. Know, Archer and Armstrong, who I remember as like reading these comics as kids and liking them, but now they're like fresher and better. And uh, La Fuente, who was the artist on Ultimate Spider-Man and underutilized, but I'm kid. He's the artist on Archer and Armstrong. Like, Valiant has the potential to do amazing stuff, and they're unapologetic. Valiant went forward and put out faith. They're like, you know what? You've been reading comics with like barely clothed, hot double D cup, waist the size, uh, like offensive body types. Here's Faith. She is plus size to put it lightly, <laughs> but she will save your life, and she you'll make fun of her. You'll 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 judge her for eating a, a subway sandwich. But she's saving humanity. And, and who else is exploring that? That's diversity. So Valiant's is doing something that nobody else is doing. And now they're exploring 4001, like what's the world look like in their universe? And, and I'm excited. I'm anxious. There's so many good comics that play on our And um, so I like what Rebirth is. It, it, I like the potential Rebirth is I like what Valiant's doing moving forward. If Marvel can get their shit together, sorry, Marvel, love you. Um, they got some great stories. Civil War II is exciting. It's asking exciting questions because as turbulent and as crazy and as terrifying as the comics universe is right now, we're living that shit. It's a tough time. Man, your Facebook feed is filled with some vile shit because everyone's talking politics. And I don't care what side of the spectrum you're on, but. The possibility of a president who says vile, hateful things towards women and racial minorities, but is okay defending the Ku Klux Klan, that's a possibility in 2016. We're living now. We are living in a world where a dude who calls women fat, ugly, uh, that, that says that if a, a woman in question was only having a period, who wants to literally build a wall around America, who calls Hispanic people rapists, who literally wants to bring back registration, which is the hallmark of, of Nazism, that guy could be the free leader of the world because there's that many psychos in this country. Like, that's the world, that's like the current United States right now. That's not like some crazy story, that's today. So, comics actually represent an escapism and their brilliance, and for once, the outcome is controllable. And it's, bad. like, Lex Luthor's a bad guy. He's not Donald Trump, that guy. <laughs> you know, so it's like, like comics are reflective of what we're living in. And that's awesome. That's what I'm excited about Rebirth. That's what I'm excited about what Kelly is doing. Marvel is tapping into it, and Marvel is giving credence to, to characters that deserve it. Like, Black Widow's got her own title. Um, and there's been some missteps, you know? My daughter and I saw uh, Star Wars, and we were really excited. But can I give my daughter a Ray comic? There isn't one. When we go to look at for Ray action figures, can I find one? I can find 15 versions of every stupid alien in the background of every cantina, but I, my Ray toys are limited. And Black Widow did not get equal villainy in the action figure compound, but Black Widow number one came out this week. And it came out with some great covers, and some great creative talent. That's exciting. 
and, and they're just putting out killer, killer books. The Violent is awesome. The Violent is about two young parents with a baby and their drug habits. That's exciting. They're not people throwing bags in and trying to get a poke out of the customer again. They just want to write by their kid. Now, is that a comic that would have survived through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even five years ago? No, but it's awesome. And comics are better now than they've ever been in some ways, but they also kind of run the list of the worst now than they've ever been. So we're in an exciting time. And Rebirth, I think, is just the thing about that.
Thanks, Chef. And uh, on that note, we are going to take a break and we will be back. It's always on, Andrew. It's always on. Stop doing it. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. If you're enjoying us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us everywhere. On Twitter, at GeekPod, G33KPOD. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod. Want to get in touch with us? Email us at contribute at geekpod.com.